Hi, everybody. This is Libby DeLucian with Fearlessness. What is fearlessness? It is the underlying grit that empowers you to forge ahead, even when hope seems distant, and the courage to walk through the fires of hell knowing you'll come out stronger on the other side. Stay tuned and learn how to get fearlessness. I'm your host, Libby DeLucian, and our guest today is the amazing Kelly Ross. Kelly, welcome to the show. Thank you, Libby. Thanks for asking me to be on today. You're welcome. So Kelly, um, we take, sometimes we get bios from get people, bio. sometimes we don't. Um, but I always love to let people introduce themselves because I wouldn't do it justice. So tell us a little bit about Kelly, um, what you do, who you are, and uh, we can get started. Okay. So who I am? Um, I am Kelly Ross, and I am currently doing my own company, and I'm a culture specialist. So what that means is, is I come in and I help you create the culture within your businesses when your staff are not sticking. So I like to try to tell everybody, I'm going to help you become sticky and I'm going to help you become grand and great. Yes. So that people want to want to be there. And, um, I am married to Tim Ross. We've been married for 36 years together for 40 and we are high school sweethearts. So we are that story. I have two amazing grown adult children, Madison, who is a sweet mama of two of our grandchildren. And then Hunter is in the Navy and currently a senior in dental school in Houston and um, going on to be an oral surgeon. So I am that mom that was fortunate enough to have gotten to stay at home and uh, work them in and guide them into being great human beings. And I'm, that's probably my biggest kudo that I'm going to give myself a pat on the back about. Because <laughs> when you see your kids adult and they adult well, I just want to think it comes from the principles in which we laid in, in them and spoke into them. I mean, a hundred percent. I think that's probably the hardest and most rewarding job mm-hmm. um, because it's one, a lifelong job <laughs> it never or stops. career and it never right. stops. It never stops. And there, there are phases as they grow up through different ages and struggles and problems. Um, you know, I've known Kelly for a few years and she is absolutely phenomenal when it comes to um, culture and, you know, recruiting, um, as far as like that interview process and and how to train people, you know, and if you want to hear Kelly talk about who should be doing interviewing in your company, you should check out our YouTube channel because we're going to talk about that next over on our YouTube channel. But Kelly, I want to talk about, so this is fearlessness. This is struggles Mm -hmm. as far as business owners or family, and you're going in every day, helping people fix their culture. And that's really hard Um, because I'm going to be really honest and transparent right now. And and our businesses, we think that we think they're perfect because they're our babies, you know, (laughs) Um, and we think that they're perfect and we think that everybody wants to work for us. And then when three people quit or everybody leaves, um, we get through those, we get in the trenches and we kind of get down. And that's where that fearless needs to come in. Like, it's okay. I'm going to hire three more people. I'm going to try this all over again and it's going to work. So I want to hear like, how do you coach people? How do you do that? How do I coach that? (laughs) Well, first of all, Libby, one of the first things that I recognize being an owner of a business is I think that the employees don't get the, the hardship and the love that an owner carries. And we as owners are giving, 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 but who's refueling your tank? And so that's the, one of the first things that I do is I go in and I recognize you as an owner and say, yep, I know how that feels. And I've been there, done that. And I think sometimes they just need somebody to bounce off of. So I've become that a lot, but it's my job. And how do I do it every day? I have to get up myself and I have to fuel my thought process. So I believe that, you know, words have power. And so coaching and what I do with my companies that I work with, I speak over them. I 
project over them. I, I tell them, you know, what the power of your thoughts, the power of your words, but it starts at the top. And so in order to set that culture, you have to get the owner kind of out of their own way, if you will. And, <laughs> and we're allow, always in the way. We're always you're always in the way. And, <laughs> um, but we all are, but I always, you know, try to say to them, let's stop, let's assess and let's analyze what are you wanting? What is your why? Why do you get up, you know, and do this every day? And why did you choose to do it to begin with? And I think you get into the everyday mundane grind of the, of the company and what you're doing and trying to make it successful. But sometimes do you ever stop and think about what, why did I do this even to begin with? And I think I, I have, I have a niche, if you will, I, I kind of slow you down and I'll say, let's talk about your 1%. There's something innately wonderful and beautiful about you as an individual that you carry into your business. And have you lost that? And I really try to speak into the owners that way, especially. And then once we kind of get a new mindset, a new breath, a new lift, if you will, then that I I believe that that energy carries into then your office culture, then therefore it bleeds out into any employees that you may have. But in the end, you've got to be, you've got to choose joy. And so what's your 1%, you know? And so a lot of people really struggle with that. They're like, what, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, God made you a certain way. There's something innately wonderful about you that you bring to this room that I couldn't bring and, or anybody could bring. What is it? Own it, love it, and really be great at it. So I have a hundred ways to go from here. <laughs> um, and so, you know, and I don't want to forget what they are because the first one is you'd mentioned who's giving that love back to the business owner. Who's refilling your tank? I think that is super powerful to hear because entrepreneurism is very lonely. Oh, yeah. Um, it's very lonely because you could be in mastermind groups. You could be in groups, but you don't want to necessarily sometimes share your struggle because you don't want to look like a failure while everybody over here is like, look at me. I'm like, all these things are great because social media is, is kind of sometimes a negative because it's only the positive and mm. like, where it's, do I turn? Where do I go? Luckily I have a, a small group of peer friends. Um, there's three of us in this little group and we're just like cheering each other on. And we're like, man, today sucked. <laughs> I don't know why I do this. <laughs> and they're like, it's okay. Like tomorrow will be better. Um, and so it's, it's amazing to really have that because it is, it is so um, lonely that you, you get lonely. And then that loneliness kind of starts to, I think, rub off or we become like this condescending, micromanaging, irritable boss that we don't even realize we're doing. Yeah. But I think, yeah. And you're right. A hundred percent correct on that. It's very, it become you hide it so well at the beginning because of all the struggles, right? And you've got, and it is important to, of who you have around you. It's who, who's your who's and who's your top five and, um, who you surround yourself with is who you become. And it goes the other <sighs> Absolutely. way. Who you don't surround yourself with is can be isolating, right? So mm -hmm. find your who's, find your five and, you know, your tribe of five that's going to speak greatness into you and honesty into you. And I think that that transpires and, and, and can be very growing if you allow it, but can also be very scary. And so what are you going to do with it? Yeah. And, and, you know, that being said with it being lonely and then, you know, not, being able to voice it and kind of just almost like a pent up frustration or not. A, and then, you know, then the other side of that is, um, you know, being lonely, but also making sure who do you surround yourself with? I am a huge believer in that. The average of five, when I heard that the first time years ago, um, I was like, I looked around and I said, Oh my God, <laughs> Like I need to reassess who I'm spending my time with. Mm -hmm. um, it's so important. But 
I think to operate at our 1%, what are some tips? Like I recommended that book to you the other day. We just had lunch. Yes. And it was the entrepreneur personality type. And I learned that if I cannot, I have to learn what sets me off as an owner and what fuels my tank, but also what's draining. Yeah. Like I learned I can't be overstimulated. Too much noise. Uh, this is going to sound funny, but like those conference fluorescent lights and we all wonder why we kind of get a headache at a conference. Um, reading that book gave me some really interesting perspective on myself and how to be more self-aware. What are some recommendations you give on fueling that bucket or how do you be your, your 1%? Well, again, like I said, Libby, a lot of people really struggle with, you know, what does that even mean? 1%. And that's where I try to distinguish what do you bring to the room or to your five and that that the others don't. Are you positive? Are, you know, so you've got to do a little bit of self-reflection and, you know, get yourself around great people. And if you're, if you're right now identifying that the people that you're surrounding yourself with are energy takers instead of energy givers, then you're not with your five. And so, and that can be hard to do, to let go of certain relationships that you you know, maybe you did think we're very good and very positive, but then the assessment process is the hardest. And I read one book that really was, I literally probably look like a crazy person because I try to walk or do something every morning and I had it in my head and I'm listening to my ear pods and it's the gap in the gain. And I literally, I, I'm not kidding. I think I was walking down the road going, <laughs> that is me that I, I am guilty of that, you know, and it's like six o'clock in the morning and, you know, people are coming out to, you know, get in their car and they're like crazy lady. But I do believe that, um, it is how you think. And the gap in the gain, I really highly encourage you to read it. It was very, very, it really transformed my spirit a lot. And um, it's so easy to say, Oh, just think positive. Just think positive. Um, is it? Is it that it, it's not easy? It's again. I think it's your dwelling of where you're putting yourself, the people you're surrounding yourself with. So every day you got to find what brings you joy. And music for me is one of those things. So if music speaks to you, and um, put in music this morning, I I'll be honest with you. I woke up and I was in a in a kind of a headspace that was kind of full and not so positive. And I got out and I started walking and I put on my music and words have power and it begins to speak over you. And so do the things that bring you joy and, and what, what, you know, music exercise that releases, you know, endorphins. But first of all, you got to do the homework and you got to do the hard and you've got to look on the interior of, you know, reflecting what it goes back to why, what is your why? Why did you do this? Why did you choose to be an entrepreneur? Does it bring you joy? You know, so that's some tips that I would use. And so for you, the gap in the gain was, you know, transformational. I love that book. It's a great book. Mm -hmm. Good to Great is another great book. But one of the ones that really changed me here recently was the 10x is easier than 2x. And that is not a Grant Cardone book. <laughs> Everyone thinks it's a Grant Cardone book. Um, it is a Benjamin Hardy book. And he talks about if you want to grow, it's easier to 10x your growth than it is to 2x because 2x is linear. To grow at a 10x, you have to change so much that you will get change. But the one thing that resonated with me in that book and how you talk about your why is he talks about your unique ability. Hmm. And so I think a lot of us, especially women in business, and I don't want to jump on the woman bandwagon, but I'm going to jump on this woman bandwagon. Women in business have a hard time saying, I'm amazing at this. Like I'm, because we always put our kids first. We always put our husbands first and we're great at business, but we lose sight of what is that actually unique ability? What am I so good at? This is why people are drawn to me. And when I read that book, I saw a lot of other people reading it and commenting. And they were thinking that the unique ability was like, I'm good at sales, like, or I, I have to be good at a, a physical task. When in reality, the unique ability could be like, I'm great at, I'm a nurturer, or I'm good at connecting. I'm a connector. Like I'm a personality, like I'm good at social media. And so it's not necessarily like a, a trade or a skill that you, your unique ability is. It's kind of like, 
you said, what is my top 1%? What am I so good at? What do people, why are people drawn to me? That is kind of that unique ability. And as a woman, I will say I get the imposter syndrome sets in sometimes. And I love what you said at lunch yesterday. Uh, we just had lunch yesterday. And, um, and you had said your daughter is writing a children's book. And I, I was kind of excited because inside, I mean, I just signed a book deal as well. And I haven't told a lot of people about it. I mean, I just said it now, but, and I had the same surprise. I just had the same feeling though, that your daughter did was why me. And I was mm -hmm. thinking, and I keep telling Chris, like, who's going to read a book about me? Like, and you said, why not me? Exactly. And with business, especially when we start to say, Hey, you need to get out. You need to meet people for a woman in business, you know, we kind of, I get dismissed on a daily basis, right? I'm playing in rooms with bigger companies, right. With very powerful men or strong men. And so I, I do let that imposter syndrome get in. But when you said that to me, I said, why not me? Like, and I just kept saying it in my head, why not me? And you're right. Why not me? And to a, to, to own that with affirmation and say, I am amazing at this. Like, I am the best at these things mm -hmm. um, is, is something I think that we are not good at. Oh, I wholeheartedly agree. I think innately as women, we are so great at being a cheerleader for anybody and everybody but ourselves. And again, that goes back to us getting in our own way. And so identifying, like you're saying, you know, what you're really great at and being okay in that skin and, and understanding that this is a gift. This is a thing that I have and I'm going to own it and I'm going to, I'm going to be great at it and not in an arrogant way, but in a way that, you know, why, you know, why shouldn't we be proud? And, and I really did mean that when I spoke that over you, I was like, why not you Libby? Why not? And that is where I, I cannot say it enough. And I, I speak this over all of my friends, all of my, um, you know, colleagues, all of my clients and stuff is, again, it goes back to who's fueling your tank and you can only do so much for yourself. So the people that you surround your, yourself with, your alignments, and like we've been saying, your five, make it 10. If you are that great and you are that blessed to be able to have that many great people in your life, then absorb it and own it and allow it. But be a cheerleader, but put yourself around people that are cheerleading for you. And therefore, I believe that, again, it goes back to those words have power. If you have constant greatness being spoken into you, how can you fail? And, and, and but be careful that you're also being a giver and that you're giving that same energy and that same amount of respect and love to the people that are giving it to you. And yes. I, I just, I think, again, it goes back to being a woman of business. You're right. You're in a room. You're full of all these magnificent, you know, people that have done grand and great, whether it's male or female, it doesn't matter. And until you know your why and until you can step in and own the room in your own passion and in your own way and and being unapologetic about it, again, not being arrogant, but being unapologetic that, you know what, I am good at this and identifying those things, Libby, like you said, you know, what is it that I'm really good at? And what, more importantly, why don't you ask yourself what you're passionate about? And what yes. brings you passion? And that goes back to joy. And um, if you can find that, then I believe all things will align for the better. And, and, but you've got, it's, it's so important. It's so important to put yourself around the right people. It is. And so a lot of things I've learned in business as I've grown companies, it's not necessarily because, so I get this question a lot, like, how do you do this? Like, how did you grow software? Now I have a service business. Now we have another software. I don't think it has anything to do with skill. I think it's a hundred percent your mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, and the people you surround yourself and the relationships that you make. But, you know, sometimes putting ourselves in the wrong room can be just as dangerous. Yeah. Uh, you had said, or noticing when you outgrow a room or you need to move on. Like maybe you need to move on because mm -hmm. I was, 
um, I lost sight of why I had opened Organize It. So Organize It is the service company I own. Um, and I lost sight of why we opened it. We were just chasing after this revenue number. That's it. We right. were chasing after a number because we were trying to keep up with everybody else in the room. And I had a mentor and we had a call and he had said to me, he's like, and this was a few years ago. He's like, Libby, like, why did you open Organize It? What, what is your mission? And I told him, I said, you know, I don't really care about revenue. So I don't understand why I'm on this revenue chase. Um, I care about profit and I care about helping people because I need money. And that's the other thing I had to get over, right? I, I, need, I needed to be unapologetic about needing to make money and profit because I right. needed that profit to great, give great benefits and have a stable company and provide for employees mm -hmm. um, over what competitors were doing or provide for them the way I wanted to provide. Right. And so I had lost sight of why I opened Organize It. And we kind of went back to the drawing table. And I think this is something that a lot of us do too. We, we, we set goals and um, we became, we become ambitious around the goal, but we don't know the why around the goal. Like, do you just want to be a $10 million company or what's the why behind being a $10 million mm -hmm. company? Because you, you're going to lose sight of just chasing a revenue number and not noticing that your company turns into a churning machine of employees or customers. I've seen this a hundred times coaching people. I've seen it in Woot Recruit, we're doing recruiting for people. And I, you know, I lost sight of that too. And he had to sit me down and kind of go back to the drawing board and we worked it out. And um, we actually then restructured everything in our business. Uh, we created windows of arrival time. So um, um, people that were working for us could drop off their kids and didn't have to pay for before care now. We created windows of arrival time for every job so that they provided more flexibility. And then we started to attract the people that supported our why. And yes. it was a great feeling and it was amazing. And my technicians were so thankful because now they could drop off their kids at school or they didn't have to drop them off at a bus stop in the, in the dark or they could save money on before or after care. And that was my why. That's why I opened Organize It was because I needed a job that let, would let me be an amazing parent but still provide for my family. I love that. I love that because, you know, you're hitting the nail on the head. You identified one of your, you slowed down, you allowed yourself to, to rewind and go back to the simplicity of the ground, you know, the groundwork you did from the very beginning. What you needed out of it just personally ended up being a, a great thing for everybody that you brought into it. And so you needed to slow down, pump the brakes and be reminded of the core values of why you did organize it. And that is what I try to do with every client. I pump your brakes and, I, and sometimes it's a hard conversation. And then sometimes I can see them be rejuvenated, but your why then, you know, is great. And it set the foundation and you just need to be reminded of that. But then obviously you've organically grown. You've, you've turned into more and your desires, wants, and needs are even better than what they were even then, because you're now educated on more. So but if you keep your core, it, it's very important to have core values personally and professionally. And that is something that I walk you through in my, my program is I, I have you identify those things because once you're aware and you build upon that, it's a foundation of greatness. If you can stick to your core and your, and what are, what, what do you value the most? And Libby, you're saying it, you valued family, you valued time, you valued being a woman and a mom. It was something that personally spoke to you. So you identified it and you built something around it. And then it attracted people that were like-minded mm -hmm. and it all marries together. So you, you got your, you got your why, and then you created the core value around it. And then you built the program around it to be successful. And yes. I think, I think in today's world, especially as a woman, we've got everything hollering, you know, just hollering at us, right? It's like white noise, just constant. And do we ever slow down enough to go, hmm, wait a minute, what about me? <laughs> what do I want? And, and you know, and am I doing good feeding into the people around me? Am I loving and speaking greatness into my five? Am I being encouraging? 
am I being energy giving or am I being the one out of the five that needs the most energy given? So just identifying all of those things, I think can be an incredible opportunity and a blessing if you allow it to be. And it can be a new relaunching into greatness. I love the topic of uh, personal core values. So um, so many people, we make core values for our business. And I do see people, especially at the beginning, at the infancy of our businesses, um, I was guilty of this too. You're just kind of going online and picking some or, or copying them from somebody else because you don't yeah. want to slow down to really think about your core values. Um, and I think we get so uncomfortable in that emotional, deep place. We get uncomfortable, so we avoid it. We're like, oh, I'm just going to go see what core values are on online or what, uh-huh. what is my competitor using? Um, but I don't think we um, spend enough time on personal core values. So I love that you touched on personal core values because um, I have a set of my own personal core values. Um, and mine came to me at a, at a very dark moment <laughs> um, that I had to kind of make this affirmation to the world that here is what I stand for. And here is what I have to have in my life to be true. And here's what I will not tolerate. Um, So they are core values. Um, But for me, the only reason they came to me was because like, I remember the day like I was literally sitting on a curb because my ex-husband had locked the doors on our house, (laughs) locked me out of everything. And I had nothing. And I was sitting on the curb crying. And I just remember like I had, yes, I had my parents to call. Right. But other than that, I'm like, I had nobody to call. I hadn't made, I hadn't kept any friends because I had isolated myself. Um, I had put everything into, um, you know, really just building up certain things, but not building up any people around me. Um, I had no clothes. I had no car. And at the moment I had no kids because he, uh, my kids were taken. Um, and in that moment, like I sat there and I figured out like, I can't let this happen again. Here is my hardcore values. And Chris, my husband knows like I have certain things and I'll just tell you a few for me. It's to smile every day. Like, I I don't care what happens. Um, I want to smile every day. I want to be happy. My second one is, and this is a core value in every one of my companies. It's open and honesty. But for me, personally, the core value is um, I will always tell the truth. Right. Um, Because I was really lied to so much that it almost made me crazy. (laughs) Because you, you don't know what's true and what's not. So... Um, well, it I begins to really... work with your trust, right? And and so you begin to to develop trust issues through that. And so... oh, I have major trust issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I trust everybody until you give me a reason not to. Not to. But the second, the second I don't trust you, it's a hard line in the sand. Yeah, yeah. very very finite. Like, yeah. And, and you know what? That's from your that's from your hurts and your building, right? And what developed you into the woman you are today. You know, I love that you're identifying some of these, Libby, because a lot of people don't do it. And we all have hard. We've all got some hearts, major hearts, and that was a major heart, my friend. But on that curb, in that moment, you could have allowed that to have destroyed you, or to pivot you into greatness and you had a choice and you chose right. And, you know, and a lot of people are like, oh, you had to start over. Well, actually, this is something that I want a lot of people to hear. You're, you're never going to start over. You're going to start from your experience. Mm -hmm. And so I know sometimes when business is down or you, you lose a job or you have to close a business, or maybe you go through a divorce and you lose the business, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I, you know, that was like the most inspiring thing for me was I wasn't starting over. I was starting from my experience and I had so much experience in business. We'd owned bars, we'd owned restaurants. Um, we had rental properties. Like I had so much experience. So yes, I was starting over per se, but I wasn't starting from zero because I was starting from the experience that I had gained 
and the lessons that I had learned from. And there were a lot of lessons that I had learned from in there. Um, I love that. I love that. So let me tell you this and, and really hear what I'm saying and everybody listening to this. Like you said, you weren't starting over. You were starting from then. But I, when I was in one of my places, my, my hearts, I had a really very valuable friend. I'm still very good friends with her. And she looked at me and she said, Kelly, you're not starting over. You're starting again. And I was like, whoa. It was like one of those, you know, and again, that's mind perspective. That's how you're thinking, right? And that's basically what you're saying, Libby. You, you had a choice. You could have sat there and, oh, woe is me. I'm never going to have anything. And, you know, life is hard and everybody handed me something bad. You made a choice right then. You figured out your why. And, uh, you know, in a, you know, probably 2.2 seconds, you built your cores around it and then you built your catalyst into which it projected you into your future. So you decided I'm not going to let it destroy me. I'm going to let it gain me. I'm in it for the gain emotionally, yes. spiritually, relationally, professionally, all the least <laughs> you hit on all of it. And, um, I think as a business owner, you, you touched on it. If you lose a business. Okay. I mean, get in line and we're all in that club and you're not, you're, you, 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 what you do with it will determine what you do with it. And so that's where it's very important to slow down, to slow down, to establish your core values, establish your why and establish what your 1% is. And, and I, I, I get such a, I, it's, I get value. I get love out of that. That that's what feeds me. And to be able to do what I do now is the greatest thing I think I could have ever been handed. For me to be able to go in and take somebody that's just feeling defeated and I'm like you're not defeated. You're just tired. And let me remind you of how great you are. And I am that cheerleader in your corner and going rah, rah. And I threaten everybody. I'm like, I'm going to order pom-poms in your color because <laughs> I know how to use them. <laughs> I actually cheered. But, you know, I just, again, I think it's just surrounding yourself with the right people. And I just applaud you for doing that at such a young age. You were young enough to, to have completely ignored that, but you knew the value in relationships. And you knew and you recognized that you had ignored that. So going yes. forward it became important. It was probably one of the single most, it was like a brick wall that hit me mm -hmm. was to say that I had neglected every relationship I had. It, my family, I hadn't been home for a Christmas. I hadn't taken a day off. And so I want to get into that here in a second when it comes to business owners. And you've mentioned this a few times is to stop, right? Yeah. Um, but I had noticed that I had let go of every single relationship. So therefore, when <clears throat> that happened, I felt horrible because I wasn't there for anybody. And then when I needed somebody, I was ashamed to reach out. Right. Well, you started immediately thinking, well, why would you help me when I haven't helped you in a while? You know, yes. and, and so it's that humility, that, that pride gets in the way. A hundred percent. Yeah. And so you had mentioned a few times stopping. And I think this is one thing that we all entrepreneurs suck at <laughs> is stopping mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. take a clarity break, to rest. Um, you know, um, I think it's, oh, I can't remember his name. His name is, uh, oh, Dan Sullivan. The book is up there. That's why I'm looking up. <laughs> you know, he talks about, um, you know, you need rest days and focus days mm -hmm. and prep days, right? Um, those certain days are designed for things and rest days are full rest days. And I didn't really get this until I read this book. It's called The Power of Full Engagement. And he called it in, in um, the corporate athlete. So I didn't really like the word corporate athlete. But I loved his analogy of the reason successful people are successful is the, well one of the reasons is that they can push themselves to the point of kind of breaking right but they then they know how to stop and take a break take a vacation like realign do a clarity break 
and it and he described it as almost like interval exercising. Do you know how when you purposely raise your heart rate and then you stop and you rest and then right. you do it again? And they explained it in this book, like every time we do this, then we can push ourselves further and further the next time and then the next time. But what we don't do is we don't stop. Right. You're a serial entrepreneur. And I think entrepreneurship causes you to think constantly because you're ready to pivot at any hardball that's being thrown at you. And, um, oh, it's so important to just stop and breathe and be still be still in the moment and appreciate, you know, come from a place of gratitude and come from a place of what you've done instead of what you haven't done. And nobody does that anymore. We're just like grind, 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 grind. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Look at what you, what you have done. I mean, look, you know, and, and I love to be able to work with people on that because it's like, Almost somebody else almost has to give you permission as a business owner. You need somebody else to come in and go, you have my permission to stop (laughs) and be still and I've got you and I'm going to, I'm going to hold you and I'm going to get you through this. And, and I actually had one of my clients recently tell me, she said to me, she said, I've never been told it's okay to be not be okay. And I went, yeah, it is okay not to be okay but it's not okay to stay there. You're recognizing it and now you've got to move forward. So now we're going to, we've recognized that we have a hardship here. We recognize that you're not okay with how it's making you feel and all those things. Now let's go, let's go, let's do the work. Let's do the hard and, and, and let's move forward. And she came back and she was like, thank you for, you know, pushing me through it. But I'm a big believer that a lot of people want to go around things you know, they're like, it's uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. They want to avoid it. Right. And I'm, I, you know, I love going through it, it because the things you learn through it is going to make you better than when you get to the next time that feeling comes on, you recognize it and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I know what to do here. You know? So I have a, a mentor and, um, his name's Dan Martell. So I'm in his boardroom group and he's super, super high level. Um, when it comes to anything, um, and you know, he, 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 he always, he's coaching us on all kinds of stuff. He's mainly in the SAS space. He, and, um, you know, he's like, you know, this stuff doesn't just happen. He's like, I'm not successful because it fell on my lap. It's like, I took the time to stop and to plan it and to think about it. And I think, and I always say this, if we're just busy doing the day-to-day, all we're ever going to be good at is the day-to-day. And that's not why we want to be an entrepreneur. That's where we lose that sparkly brain, that imagination, those innovative ideas start to dwindle, like drift away because we're burnt out or we're just doing the day-to-day. So I have this thing I do every day. um, And I'll share it with you guys. It's funny. Um, So I have a certain set of habits that I track and do every day. So I read a minimum of 10 pages. I post to social media three times a day. Now that could sound weird, but I was taught that I have a lot to share and people could learn from my experience. It would be selfish of me not to share that. I love that. You're owning your way. Five touches. I I intentionally touch five people a day, whether their content moved me or they reached out or I reached out to someone I haven't talked to in a long time. I reserve Sundays to to reach out to old high school or family friends that I haven't talked to. Um, So five touches a day. I sweat or work out 45 minutes a day. I review my goals three times a day. When I started doing that, like my goal sheet on my phone, it's just like forever long now because they get, you get so granular with the goals Mm -hmm. that you're like breaking them down to the day in the second. Oh (laughs) yeah. How can you achieve them? Right. And then I do my desires twice a day. That's funny because the desires are like, what is my statement? Um, that's why I call it desires. Um, it's kind of that affirmation of I will be this by this date. Um, and then I do the, f- I journal for five minutes. So it's the uh, five minute journal about gratitude. What was well today? What could make today better? Uh, and so I track them all on my phone in this little app. 
Um, and it's, it's really changed even my business because it's given me the time to like just sit down and write about what am I grateful for today? What would make today a great day? Is yeah, it brunch with my husband? Yeah, love it. Or is it like a new hire? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. but just sitting down and taking that moment to think about about it and to read and to purposely review the goals three times a day has changed my personal and professional life so much. Just those little six things I listed. Well, again, it goes back to intentionality. You've been intentional about putting that in your life. You're being intentional about being disciplined. And so I call that grit, you know, and you've got the grit to do it. And to be an entrepreneur and to be a business owner, you have to have grit. And to what level you're going to need that that day depends on what's happening in your world that day, right? But um, grit is important. I am a big believer in writing your goals down. Um, I, I absolutely believe that putting them on paper puts them in force. Here we go. Be careful what you wish for kind of thing. And it causes you also to dream. And people quit dreaming. And from dreams is it can come so much. And I, and again, it's like when we were little and we were kids, we, I want to be this when I grow up and I want to do this and I want to go there. Why do we not do that anymore? And it's like, we grow up, we get into the grind of the everyday and it's like, we forget to dream. And, and I think it's fun to sit around and just be like, well, I'd like to do this or I'd like to have this or whatever. But Tim and I last year, Tim is my husband, as you know, and in 2023, we sat down in January and we wrote out our personal goals and our professional goals. And then our goals as a couple. And I'm proud to say that in 2023, out of all of those goals, we only did not achieve two. And we went back and we achieved and and kept reading what we were achieving. Because once you move them off of your completed board over to the completed board, you kind of have a tendency not to go back and revisit it because it's like, check, done, I'm done. But that is a reminder that you do have the grit and you do, you can do the grind to get what you desire and want. And so if you're watching this and you are not writing your goals down, you need to stop today, write down your goals. And it can be as silly as, um, I want to gain 10 new customers by January 31st. Okay. Write it down and then don't just write it down, come underneath it. And then what task are you going to do to achieve it? And so what are you going to do to hold yourself accountable and the steps that you need to do to get there? And, and, and that's hard. And sometimes you need somebody to come along beside you and go, you've got this, you've got this. And, and, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's so funny. I've gotten to where, um, if I need to be held accountable, like I'll literally schedule a zoom meeting with my, my assistant, Marilyn, she's my executive assistant. To say, hey, I just need a meeting with you because I know if we have a Zoom and someone's invited, I will show up and I will work on this thing. Right. But if it's just me, I'm like, oh, I'll do it later. (laughs) Right. There is some accountability practices that can make you be more successful. And so I have a dear friend. Her name is Nancy. And she, man, she holds me accountable to things. So I have to be really careful because if I say, I really would like to do this, then she's like, have you done it? What are you doing to achieve it? And I'm just like, my gosh, give me a break, you know, but at the same time, I owe so much appreciate that. And so, um, again, it goes back to who you align in with and who's speaking into you, who's giving you joy and love and energy and life's short. Who do you want to do life with? You know, and Libby, I love that you write down that you smile every day. And I try very purposefully to be, um, great words into people every day. I like to try to speak life into people. And I have identified that that is part of my 1%, if not my 1%. And I've actually been told and by people a lot, lot smarter than me, this is your 1%. And, and so I just decided to own it, live in it and be great at it. And if you need me, I'm going to love you through it. And, and even if you don't need me, I'm going to probably find you and love you through it anyway, (laughs) but, um, which I think is why I love that I was bold enough, uh, 
you know, and that's to be an entrepreneur is to be bold. And I'll be honest with you. I, growing up, I was not taught to be an entrepreneur. It, I came from that generation where our parents did the grind. You got a job, you stayed there for 35 years, you got your social security and your retirement. And that's all it that was ever spoken over me. And to become this new thing in the last eight years of my life, really, and has been scary, but fun. But fun, and, I'm sure. Yeah, energetic, but draining. It's bipolar opposites of each other. <laughs> you know, we all have a tendency to swing on this pendulum of, of life. But um, I really do, when it really comes down to it, I do allow myself to be still and listen. I really do contribute everything back to my relationships and, and, and holding myself accountable and, and being great at that. Because in the end, if we all were laying on our deathbed, what can we really take with us? And that's yes. our memories and the things that you've said over people. I want to live with no regret. And that's really important to me that I, if you're around me, I try to love on you. I want you to feel good about who you are. And in return, I think I'm getting that reverse energy back, which is also fueling me. Yes. And so. I um for everyone that's listening, if you are interested in sitting down and kind of writing down your goals or your whys when it comes to personal, professional, and even relationship, um, I have a, a recommendation for you. If you've never read uh, *Vivid Vision* by Cameron Harold, um, it's an absolutely amazing journey. He guides you through the process of how to write a vivid vision for your company. Um, if you were to go to sleep and wake up, and it was three years from today. Ooh, what does it look like? What does it feel like? Me and um, we did this and we were crew because we were having some issues. We had two owners. Uh, now there's only one owner with me. And we were having some issues, me and the other owner uh, of just not feeling aligned. Um, we didn't argue. We didn't, there was no um, like tension. It's just like, we didn't feel like we were aligning. Um, and so we sat down and wrote, we wrote our goals, but our goals were aligned and the goal was like to have a profitable company with great culture, right? Everybody like that's the main thing for certain goals or right. companies. But our COO, our fractional COO had set us down and said, Hey, I want you to go through this. I want you to watch this video and I want you to write a vivid vision. And, you know, I went back and it took me four weeks to write one, a rough draft. And I cried, I got mad, I got upset because I had to get in those uncomfortable places of what am I trying to do? Why am I doing this? Um, and when we both came back with our vivid vision, our, our, our ultimate goal was the same, but how we were going to get there was different. And it was such a trans, like life-changing journey to read that book. And like Cameron says, go outside write it on a piece of paper, no phones, no electronics, be in nature, think about it, manifest it. And I think as a grown-ups, we call dreaming manifesting now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bigger word. Bigger word, um, fancier word. Fancier word. And it was so eye-opening for the both of us. We kind of knew in that moment that it probably it wasn't going to work. Um, and it was a great exercise. And we are still friends. But if we wouldn't have taken the time to stop and do that, like probably that's when relationships go south yeah, or, 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 or not work out so well where we, you can still end as a friend. Um, but Cameron, he talks about writing a personal, a professional and a relationship one. Um, I have yet to work on all the other ones. I did a professional for Organize It. I did a professional for Woot Recruit. Um, and me and Chris have our personal goals, but we didn't write it in a vivid vision form because it does take some time. It's my vivid vision for each company is about 19 pages long. Wow. That's very vivid. It's beautiful. I it's beautiful. It yeah. <laughs> um, so it's you a basically kind of process. So let me, what you kind of did there is you kind of told the story and mm -hmm. of what you see it to be. Right. And Everything from our close rate to our revenue to what awards have we won. You're talking as if you did it. Love it. I love that. But again, 
what you just did is you you put it in into the universe. You, you you put projectory on it. You you set it out. You let it free. And so now that you know it, it's always there, right? So every decision you're making and everything you're pivoting around, that's always part of your why, because now and it then, is your why. Yes. And then from there, what we did was we gave it, I did a presentation and I gave, um, for Woo Recruit, we gave everyone a digital copy. And for Organize It, we printed them all. And I kind of thought, oh, after the quarterly, they'll leave them behind and I could keep a couple in the office for interviews because we use them for the interview process as well. Every single person wanted to keep it. They asked, hey, I want to keep this book. I want to put it on my coffee stand. I want to put it on my oh, uh, coffee table. I want to show it to my family. It gave them a sense of purpose that they were working for a company that didn't just clean houses or organize houses. Mm -hmm. They were working for a company that had a purpose. Right. I love that. And, and, and that is when you know that your culture Let's go back to culture. That's when you know that your culture is aligning with the right hire. And, and because they begin to dream, manifestate, think, their energy starts to match yours because that's what you all are giving. That's what you're attracting. And, and I love that. I just, that, that makes me smile, Libby. So <laughs> yay for you. <laughs> So Kelly, I want to thank you for being a guest, um, on the fearlessness podcast. So, you know, um, what is, what's, what's up next for you? So our viewers can kind of know what's Kelly doing. We'll put some stuff in the show notes so that they could get a hold of Kelly, um, if they're interested in connecting, but what's next? What's next for me? I honestly, I am just, um, opening up all of my hours. I am almost full with clients, but I do have a few um, openings still left just for me. Tim and I work together and he is a fractional CEO. And uh, so he's working with multiple companies as well. But what's next for me is, um, I, I, right now we're in the middle of rebranding. We are, we're growing and going. So our uh, church, now we live in Florida. If you follow me on social media, you'll know that uh, the year of 2023 was the year to advance. And we took that literally. And so we advanced in every area of our life and we moved down here to Florida to be by our, our littles, our grandkids. And so this year, 2024, the word for that church that we are just it's called Elevate Life, and I, it's a big part of our heartbeat, and is more, M-O-R-E, so more in 24. So our goals were built around the 20, you know, more in 24. So um, we're um, getting ready to launch some mastermind groups, a couples mastermind groups. So if you work together and um, we're going to be doing some groups like that, we're going to be doing a mastermind on a higher level of business and where you'll be working with Tim and myself on mindset and, and all the numbers. So he's my number guy. I'm your relationship guy and I'm all the feels and he's all the numbers. And we'll tell you that, but that's our next and that's what's uh, coming up. So we're super excited and we just can't wait to get out there and get going on it. So watch, you know, stay tuned, watch me, follow me on social media and, and we'll be doing a lot of really great things for all of those people out there that want to join us. Awesome. So thank you, Kelly, for being a guest. And thank you guys for listening. If you guys want more information on the show or um, any of our freebies, we do have some um, other recordings and some culture building classes that you guys can take advantage of. You can always visit libbyd.com or thefearlessness.com. So guys, that's a wrap on today's journey into the heart of fearlessness. Remember, every, state, every step we take is a move forward in our strength and in our courage. Keep walking through those fires because the other side lies a version of you that's unstoppable. I'm Libby, reminding you to embrace your fearlessness. Until next time, stay brave, stay bold, and keep pushing forward.